Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Here with you on Monday night, October 24th, headed into Tuesday, October 25th, and it is Michigan State Week. Luke Yardy here, joined by Trevor Woods. We're going to be teeing it up for you here today with the battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy coming to Ann Arbor and very much looking forward to the game. Also, uh, we, we had... Pretty much James Franklin over the weekend and Jim Harbaugh uh, give us some free content with his clap back here today. We're going to be getting into it all this week. Very much looking forward to a great show. Trevor, what is up, man? Appreciate you uh, coming in and being a part of the show here for the next couple of weeks with Scotty away on vacation. Yeah, he's living the big life in Paris, but I'm doing good, man. And as you know, Michigan coming off a bye week, but it really hasn't even felt like a bye week. The Michigan team, they practiced last week. It pretty much feels like hate week. Michigan State week started a week ago. Yeah. So we're well we're well into it at this point, but we're going to keep on chugging along till game day. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, it's this is I think what I, what did I see? This is the first time uh, that it's ever happened that both these teams are going to be uh, coming off a bye week headed into the game. Yeah, so that's nice to see. There can't be any excuses in that regard. Level playing field, same amount of preparation time, same amount of time for these players to heal mentally and physically. So nobody can be using any excuses come Sunday morning after the night game transpires. 
Yeah, man, looking forward to it. I did want to uh, touch a, a little bit, though, real quick. Going back to the last game that Michigan played, uh, an absolute romping of Penn State. And I don't even know if the, the final score of 41-17 to really did it justice here. Um, but it, we had the, uh, the I guess, quote-unquote incident in the tunnel, similar to what we saw with Michigan-Ohio State uh, a, a year ago. And, and apparently James Franklin is still talking about it uh, a little bit. You know, he had mentioned this week uh, wanting to uh, – do away with the one tunnel system at Michigan Stadium, but Jim Harbaugh had himself uh, something to say about it here today, which I was kind of surprised uh, to see old Jim kind of come back at the press conference today. Exactly. Last week, James Franklin, he was asked about the brouhaha in the tunnel, and Franklin kind of deflected the criticism at Michigan, saying that they were doing a lot of talking, but uh, he was also saying that he was trying to get his team into his locker room a video came out where Franklin was not in the middle of the ruckus. He was all the way at the very end of the tunnel, not really commanding his team whatsoever. It looked like he had some choice words for somebody on Michigan staff, a little bit of excellence thrown in there. So the video doesn't really line up to what Franklin said. And that was already a mistake by Franklin there. Don't turn a one-day story into a week-long story. And now it's going to be something that neither fan base forgets because Harbaugh had quite the clap back today. He said he had bigger fish to fry than Franklin's opinion. But then he went a little more nuclear after that. He said it uh, seemed like a sophomore ploy to try to keep Michigan from their locker room. Harbaugh said that Franklin looked like the ringleader of the whole thing. And then he finished it with saying that uh, – he has bigger fish to fry than to worry about that kind of whining. So Michigan, they beat Penn State on the field 41-17, and today Harbaugh gave Franklin another loss. Oh, my God, man. The, uh, the the one where he pretty much just said James Franklin was the ringleader of it all, that one was when I was like, ooh, baby, that was uh, that's the old Jim, not being afraid to call somebody out. You know what I'm saying? I love to see that fired up. And, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm personally of the thinking that James Franklin is a pretty big fraud myself. Um, so I loved to see that uh, almost as much as I love to see the ass kicking Michigan handed out to Penn State a week ago. And yeah, that was um, I mean, I guess that's all they had to hang their hat on. If you're Penn State is, uh, you know, whining about the tunnel and it seems to work out uh, every single week for just about everyone else. You know, we saw it. Michigan and Ohio State get fired up last year over it, but hey, when don't those two teams get fired up at, at one another? So I don't know. It was, uh, you know, everyone kind of dumped on James Franklin Ford and rightfully so. And, uh, you know, just stokes a little bit of fire to the flame uh, as we move over through the, the next couple of years. I'm sure it'll be a nice, friendly handshake after next year's Michigan Penn State game. Yeah, probably not. These guys, they never really seem to like each other, and they'll continue on that trajectory moving forward but yeah when you lose the way Penn State lost and then the video of Penn, the Penn State team they're in front of the Michigan team yeah Penn State's on that side of the field to where they already have a head start getting to their locker room of course there's one tunnel two locker rooms right across the little way from each other so uh, Franklin's calling for a two-minute buffer for one team to go into the locker room. In Michigan, they would never agree to that. That's a couple minutes that Michigan could be in their locker room preparing for the next half. Now, here's what's also interesting is 
there was another video that showed Michigan and Penn State players walking back to the field from the tunnel after halftime, after the brouhaha. And they're getting along. They're laughing about it. And it wasn't that big of a deal after the fact. Franklin, his voice made it more of an issue. These players from both teams overall got over it by the time the third quarter started. So he should move on, and that's what we're going to do now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I also love the uh, the tossing of the Uncrustables, the PB&Js. Uh, <laughs> yes. That were happening. Yes. Jesus. Yeah, Penn State, they did chuck some of their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> Dietitian from Michigan – uh, Abigail O'Connor, she pointed that out. And then actually in a video, the one I've referred to where Franklin can be seen being animated towards the Michigan staff, you see a PBJ projectile in the air being thrown at Michigan players. So that is pretty darn funny. I think it was RJ Moten who said he got hit in the face <laughs> by one. So that that is the worst damage inflicted on a Michigan player all day. Well, maybe maybe that's why Penn State got their ass kicked so much in the second half, man. They didn't have any energy because they threw their PB&Js instead of eating them. Yeah, I mean, there's carbs in there, there's there's sugar, <laughs> and there's some protein, um, some peanut oil. It, it could have maybe led to another field goal or a better <laughs> punt. All righty, so the, the big week is upon us here because as we set it up, you know, um, this is the team, Michigan State. This is the week, for, and, and this exact weekend, Hall- Halloween weekend, uh, that Michigan suffered their only loss of the regular season last year. Went into Michigan State, uh, held a 16-point lead late in that third quarter. Ultimately, you know, to, to put it quite frankly, they, they blew the game. Man, they, they choked the game away down the stretch. Uh, Kenneth Walker was fantastic. There's no, there's no question about that with five touchdowns. Uh, but Michigan, uh, they had no business losing that game last year. And ultimately, it, it didn't mean a ton outside of, well, you know, it is a rivalry game. It is for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Mel Tucker did move to 2-0 uh, against Michigan. It is a, a little salt in the wound when it's the, the cross-state rival that, that does it to you. But... Uh, you know, you, you go into this week, and Michigan is heavy, heavy favorites, you know, almost three touchdown favorites uh, against Michigan State. Now, for me personally, that means something, but also in a game like this, it doesn't mean a whole lot because Michigan State is going to come out, and they are going to give you their best shot that they could possibly have. I bet they've been practicing and preparing a little bit every single practice for this exact game. Now, on the flip side of it, Trevor, I, I do like what I'm hearing out of Michigan, not treating it like any other game because, you know, while that maybe, you know, back in, in the 2000s, you were able to get away with that against Michigan State, it has evolved into something else where you cannot, you can no longer treat this game just like any other game because you know that opponent is not treating it like any other game. And, and this sounds, from what we've heard from the players and the coaches here this week, this really sounds like one they want to get and get some revenge on Sparty this week. Yeah, and we can go back to last year as far as what the Michigan State loss did for the Michigan football team. They turned a very, very big negative into a positive. And how's that? Well, when they lost that game to the Spartans, another loss in that season would have knocked Michigan out of any playoff contention. Instead, they dug down and they went on a run. They went to Penn State 
got a big win. Obviously, that huge monumental win at the big house against Ohio State. My point is they made a choice after that bad day in East Lansing to dig down and try a little harder instead of let that loss define them. Now, fast forward to 2022 and October, present day, Jim Harbaugh says that nobody has watched that Michigan State film that lost last season more than the Wolverines. So they're not hiding from that loss. They're not running away from the reality that they blew it last year. The film doesn't lie. Now, we can talk about some penalties that uh, shouldn't have happened. We can talk about an overturn call that should have resulted in a fumble recovery, strip sack, touchdown for the Wolverines. But with those aside, the Wolverines still blew it. And those memories that haunt you sometimes can make you better. And that's the thing is they're not going to forget what happened last year. Combine that with the talent, right? Because talent matters too, not just mindset, not just that it's such a huge rivalry that Harbaugh said you can throw the record books out, that old cliche, which is true. What also matters is, physicality which team's more physical and the wolverines have been absolutely dominating in the trenches on offense and defense to where it's some premier stuff in college football what michigan's been able to accomplish and can michigan state despite all their energy despite all that emotion of playing in a rivalry game you know that adrenaline that can make you get off the snap a little faster hit a little harder I still don't think that at the end of it all that Michigan State has that in them from a physicality standpoint. And we're going to find out. But like you said, Luke, you like what you've been hearing from the Michigan team, as do I. When you hear guys like Donovan Edwards basically say they, they're ready to dominate. So the mentality going into this game is not just to win a close one, not just, oh, you know, it's going to be a tough one. No, they're looking at uh, we need to kick these guys in the mouth and make an example out of them. And whether that happens or not, I don't know. But what I do like is the attitude heading into Saturday. You you know what I I find interesting that you brought up a a great point, Trevor, was what happened following uh, that Michigan State game. And I remember a couple of uh, guys up there, I think it might have been Ryan Hayes, that mentioned, you know, um, in, he's either the post-game press conference, I, I think it was, or it was the, the Monday press conference, that all of their goals were still ahead of them after that loss. And that always that really stuck out to me, right? Because it was going to be a, a big kind of telling point, what we saw the rest of the year. And, and you mentioned going into Penn State. Uh, after that, that was that felt like a big turning point. But Cade, if you remember, after that Penn State game, said, you know, in in the past years, that was a game that they would have lost, you know, on some of those other teams. But that something happened after that Michigan State game, and it almost seemed like a conscious choice that they were really going to close out games a, a lot better, and that accumulated uh, on November twenty seventh last year when they went out in the, in the second half and absolutely dominated and ran Ohio State off the field like something so, uh, uh, it seemed like a switch flipped after that Michigan State game right like w- with the players with the leaders on that team they pretty much said we're not going to let this happen again they go out they run the table the rest of the way through the Big Ten championship and earn themselves a college football playoff berth um and, and so you know 
you don't you hate to say this because it's a loss to Michigan State and, and a rival, but ultimately it feels like you, you you might be able to pinpoint that blown lead against Michigan State might have been the moment, as weird as it is to say, that really turned this program around and, and they turned the corner. Yeah, it, and as bad as things were that night, some people on Twitter definitely, you know, embarrassed a month later, right? Basically that night saying Jim Harbaugh needed to be fired. It's over at Michigan. Done. Toast. And that was wrong. And what I liked about the leadership after that game is they had a players only meeting and it had nothing to do with any mistrust or lack of faith in the Michigan coaching staff. It's just good to be player led sometimes from Mm -hmm. a leadership standpoint to where you don't need these older men telling you what to do. And guys like Aiden Hutchinson and guys like Cade McNamara, you know, what they were able to do has had ripple effects, not only for last season, but the training this off season and just the mindset now. And uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And some Michigan state people are probably listening to this right now and laughing at what we're saying. Right. But uh, it doesn't make it any less true that sometimes a loss in retrospect really can jolt the brain and make it think in a more sunny direction, believe it or not. And well, that's I think, where we are. I think a great example, and I understand Michigan didn't go on to win the national championship. They ultimately last year were not a national championship uh, team. Georgia had, you know, all those first round picks on the defensive side of the football. They were far and away the best team in college football last year. So it's, this isn't apples to apples, but you think back to the Tim Tebow speech, when Florida lost to Ole Miss, ran the table, and went and won a national championship, I think it's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's never a good time for your furnace or air conditioner to stop working. But we're honored that for the past 100 years, Atlas Butler customers have relied on us the night before Thanksgiving the day before their wedding, and even Christmas morning for fast, convenient service. Your trust means everything. Call today, get it fixed today. That's our pledge to you. Atlas Butler is at your service. Call 1-800-FURNACE. Yeah, um, I don't remember enough of that other than, uh, you know, him kneeling and uh, doing the jump passes at the goal line. But, pretty pretty yeah. much he, after, the, after, the, after the last Ole Miss, you know, he had the speech that no team is going to play as hard as we will play oh, the rest of the year. Are you, are you saying when he was crying and all that? Yeah, in, in the post-game presser, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, then they turned actually, that loss into a positive, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm making fun of Tim Tebow, and he deserves it half the time, but he's a great college football leader. And now, yeah, actually, I do remember that season now. And guess what? Yeah, he was crying. He was vulnerable at that podium, but, uh, he wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. A loss can absolutely uh, change a season, and I feel like that happened last year, but I think it's also vaulted them into what they are this year is 
All right, so they turned the corner. They beat Ohio State, slayed that dragon, went and won the Big Ten Championship, slayed that dragon, saw how far behind they were uh, against Georgia, and they've come into the season with almost a work-like, you know, workman-like mentality, and they've just been getting the job done. Like, this program, ever since that day, has been a complete 180 of what they were the first six years under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, exactly, and to that point, you just look at some of the things Michigan's accomplished this season so far. The only teams with an average scoring differential above 30 points are Ohio State, Georgia, and then Michigan, who's at plus 30.6. Stuff like that, you know, it's it's showing that the talent disparity might be widening between Michigan and Michigan State, but it's about going out there on Saturday improving it or you know these stats really don't mean a damn thing that jj mccarthy has the highest completion percentage in the nation that blake Horam second in rushing yards in the nation and first in touchdowns you know there's a bunch of impressive stuff like that michigan's they're plus 214 in cumulative scoring differential which only trails ohio state in georgia so michigan definitely a top tier team through the first seven games of the year and you're seeing with Michigan State the exact opposite right now. And they really need to turn around. They need to turn around now. But total offense, 104th. Rushing offense, or 116th a year after Kenneth Walker, in my opinion, should have been at New York for mm-hmm. Heisman consideration, but that didn't happen. But uh, 116th a year later, just damn. And then Mel Tucker, defensive guru, getting paid a buku bucks for the next decade, 104th in total defense, 111th in passing yards allowed. So just as far as looking at data, right, and doing the sabermetrics of it all, Michigan has Michigan State beat everywhere, and it's not even close. Time possession, Michigan State's at 127th. The only kudos I got to give the Spartans is net punting. They rank first. So we might be seeing a lot of that on Saturday. Well, I, I, I certainly hope so. I, I would love to see Michigan State's punter uh, out there quite a bit. And, you know, this is a, it, it's a favorable matchup, particularly on the ground. You know, a lot of people um, point to Michigan State in their secondary, and there's no question that, that it's bad. Gave up 377 yards to Ohio State, 314 to Maryland, 268 to Minnesota, 397 to Washington. But if you go look at... The rush defense that was, you know, ultimately supposed to be a strength of this Michigan State team here this year, as as it even was, you know, a, a year ago. But in Big Ten play, man, I'm looking at it, and the defense gave up five yards of carry to Minnesota, five yards of carry to Maryland, 5.2 yards of carry to Ohio State, and held Wisconsin to 3.9 yards of carry, but that's still pretty good clip. Wisconsin ran it 39 times for 152 yards. And what does Michigan do best, obviously, is run the football. The number five rush defense of the country came in two weeks ago to the big house. Michigan uh, went absolutely crazy uh, on the ground, rushing for 418 yards and 7.6 yards a carry. So if Michigan State is not able to stop this Michigan ground game, ultimately there's no real path to victory for Michigan State, barring penalties and turnovers, you know, stalling and, and turning the ball over to, to Michigan State. You know that, so I, I mean, Michigan 
is obviously preparing for that here this week. But also on the flip side of that, Michigan State's got to be able to come up with something here in the bye week. And that's that's one area that, that I'm looking at. Is Michigan going to be able to run the football? That's a big question that everyone has. But Michigan State's not really been able to stop anyone in Big Ten play on the ground here this year. Exactly. And it's one of those things that has anybody really bottled up Michigan's rushing attack for four quarters? No, no. Sometimes, sometimes you know, there's not a, the there's game, not a single game that Michigan's ran for less than four yards a carry. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you could look at maybe a first quarter, a second quarter here, where you could say the rushing game stalled momentarily. But the, it's kind of what Michigan does in the rushing attack. It's death by a thousand cuts. To where okay, well, there was a two yard gain here, a three yard gain gain there. But by the time the third quarter rolls around boom, you're getting these big, long plays. So sometimes on a play-to-play basis, you know, okay, what are they doing? And then, you know, people complain that Michigan has a vanilla offense, which it which is so silly if they actually took time to backtrack and watch right. the film again and all these complex systems of the rushing attack and how guys pull brilliance at times. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, is – Michigan has a quarterback now in J.J. McCarthy who hasn't been turning the ball over, mm-hmm. been pretty efficient in for the most part, and the expectation should be that J.J. is going to start landing some of the throws past 20 yards down the field. Now, even if J.J. doesn't do that, Michigan still looks like their team who's going to be able to go very far and make a college football playoff run just by virtue of the rushing attack alone with Blake Horam and now looking pretty darn healthy and pretty darn dangerous Donovan Edwards, who now they're calling Corum and Edwards lightning and lightning, but I see a little bit of thunder in Edwards, man. He lit a couple dudes up toward the linebackers went back against Penn state. I like what he does in the open field. So they can call it lightning and lightning. We can call it thunder and lightning number two, the sequel or something. But um, you got to like where Michigan's at offensively overall, even if some people want to complain. So uh, there is, though, uh, I do believe one of the biggest matchups, Trevor, and something that ultimately was the, the death knell for Michigan last year in the Michigan State game, right, was red zone efficiency. Uh, Michigan is is not been top of the line in scoring touchdowns when they get in the red zone. 26 touchdowns and 39 red zone attempts. Uh, you'd like that to be quite a bit higher. You know, you, you want it to be probably around, you know, what, 70, 75%, I'd say. And, and Michigan is sitting here at about 66.7% uh, percent, uh, on that front. Uh, you know, I look at... Um, some other teams and and they've been fantastic uh in in the red zone Ohio State in particular right they've scored uh 31 touchdowns and 36 red zone attempts like that's what you're looking to get to Michigan uh not quite there you know uh two-thirds of the time they're scoring touchdowns which is pretty good but you need it to be a lot better you need to score touchdowns we saw it in the first half of Penn State come back to bite them Michigan State is first uh I believe in goal line stance here this year and one of the top teams 
in keeping opponents out of the out of the end zone when they get into the red zone. So that that is a huge matchup here that Michigan's going to move the ball on Michigan State. There's no question about it. But does Michigan put them away with touchdowns or do they allow them to hang around? And we know this about Michigan State. If they hang around, you give them a path, they have a good chance of taking it and, and beating you and pulling off the upset. So it's interesting you're bringing up the cumulative red zone. So you say it's 39 overall for the Wolverines on the season, right? That's what I'm looking at. It's red zone. They've been in the red zone 39 times and scored 26 touchdowns. So I have McCarthy's, which is a little better, in his six starts anyway. So okay. in, in JJ's six starts, this is coming from – they give us a little goodies throughout the week. So shout out to Davey Abloff and Chad Shepard for taking the – time and energy to give us this information but anyway in jj's six starts the team has scored in 29 of 32 red zone trips that's 90.6 percent 26 of those 32 red zone trips have been with touchdowns so things are trending and things are trending in the right direction there and i would say that's something that definitely frustrated michigan fans and i guess you could say even the michigan team you know you you always want to score touchdowns if you can, when you get down into the red zone, points per drive matter yep. throughout four quarters, throughout a season. But no, touchdowns per drive. How about that? How about touchdowns per drive? So I like where Michigan's at, but you want to get to the Ohio State levels. Would, would you like to right. say that one again? Uh, Ohio State has had 36 red zone trips. They have scored 31 touchdowns, 17 through the air and 14 on the ground. Okay, so yeah, JJ's percentage is a little similar to that. Need more of a sample size, of course, against more Big Ten teams because right or wrong, the non-conference schedule of Michigan's, which I do contend, set up JJ nicely to improve uh, in gradual fashion. But, you know, the Big Ten numbers, I would say, matter more than that. So it's going to be interesting to see what – Michigan does in that regard on Saturday. You'd think that Mel Tucker, Michigan State, they're going to have some of their best game plans defensively, their best red zone defense Mm -hmm. game plans of the season. They're going to throw out the kitchen sink for what's going down against the Wolverines. But, yeah, let's look at what the Spartans have done red zone efficiency-wise on defense. Uh, Michigan State is 100 and second in red zone defense so far on the season. So uh, definitely some room for improvement there. Actually, they're 80th, 80th in red zone defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I don't have – so they have allowed – that is – that's rushing defense. I tried to go to red zone defense here. I'm on the NCAA site, and I had it. There's yeah, red zone so- defense. Yeah, there we go. All right, now I can go and find Michigan State. I, I want to see. I saw they were number one in goal line stance here this year, but that's you know kind of when you get inside the five. Um, as it turns out, for for Michigan State, uh, in in the sense of defense, so they've allowed eighteen touchdowns in twenty seven red zone attempts. So that they pretty much, it, it's a 66.7% clip that they allow touchdowns, which is exactly what Michigan uh, is, is scoring here. So that's that's really not that bad, you know, when you take a look at it. Yeah, not bad. Um, I guess I guess we're going to find out. But it's always one of the things, like, if you gave me, asked me for a scoring prediction, I, I really don't have one. And 
it's just by the nature of this rivalry, right? It always goes back to that, to uh, sometimes guys on this Spartans team, man, they play the game their lives like it's their damn Super Bowl. And it's not that Michigan players don't take it to that degree, but there's a certain fervor in East Lansing that there isn't in Ann Arbor about it. They're, they're, they definitely are foaming at the mouth a little more in East Lansing about it. And I, I would like to think they'd even agree with that. Yeah, man. So uh, Michigan got to go out there, got to score some touchdowns. Like like we said, they're going to be able to move the football, right? Um, uh, another area. Let me, let me ask you about this here. Um, is the fact that well, not only are, are we going to see Michigan State, excuse me, off a of bye week. Um, in the past, you know, when it was like D'Antonio's team, they were terrifying to play off a of bye, right? Because you know that there was going to be trick plays galore. It was going to be special stuff uh, that they were going to be uh, putting out there for you. We don't know if, if Mel Tucker's going to be that way. Uh, but Jaden Reed poses a, a bit of an issue, I think, for the, for the defense. You know, DJ Turner's been good in coverage, but he's allowed um, – he's gotten beat a few times, you know, and Jaden Reed is fantastic at going up on, on those 50-50 balls. So uh, I wonder if we're going to see that. I wonder if Michigan State's going to kind of abandon the run and just throw up some jump balls at Jaden Reed uh, here this week. I think they will. They, they've definitely thrown enough this year to say that – They've actually been a little bit reckless at times yeah. <laughs> throwing down the field. I mean, uh, Peyton Thorne, 11 touchdowns on the year, seven interceptions. So the key to me about that is a good front seven can always yeah. protect the vulnerabilities of a secondary. Even if it's a good secondary, a player can get beat if there's no pass rush getting home, right? So uh, no matter what happens with the secondary, you got to have guys like Mike Morris, the Yabioki, and that whole damn rotation that it seems like everybody gets a sack. You get a sack, you get a sack, you get a car, you get a car, you know, <laughs> like the Oprah thing. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I think that's a key, man, because yeah. Thorne to this point on the season, he's been sacked 12 times. So as long as you can rattle him, and he is a guy who can move. He has functional mobility. He can get out of the pocket. He might have just 13 yards rushing on the season, but his legs are a little better than that stat may indicate because, as you know, each sack takes away rushing yards. So uh, his 12 sacks have equated in 98 yards lost. So, yeah, Thorne could easily have over 100 yards rushing on this season. But I do expect him – to get sacked, to have some quarterback hits where he gets some balls off. And I do expect him to throw into double coverage and at least have a couple interceptions on the day. The last time I predicted a opposing team's quarterback to have a couple interceptions was earlier this year when Maryland came to Ann Arbor and Talia Tagovailoa threw a couple. So that's my prediction once again. I love I it. I'm right once again. Manifesting it. I uh, want to let you know Brewcast is thanks to our friends over at Manscaped as we uh, hit the fall season. It is fresh ball fall, and Manscaped wants to help you out. They are here uh, to make sure, you know, that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. So join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. We're going to help you out. You got to try this Platinum Package 4.0. It's everything in the performance package, plus some shower goodies uh, to help you out, as well with premium body wash, ultra premium uh, premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. 
conditioner, uh, it, the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant, uh, which is pretty nice uh, as well. So get yourself that Platinum Package 4.0, and we're going to give you 20% off and free shipping. All you have to do is get to manscaped.com, enter the promo code MNB20, that's MNB20, for your 20% off and free shipping with the Platinum Package 4.0, all at Manscaped. Dot com. So we head into Michigan State here on Saturday. Very much looking forward to it. And hopefully Paul is returning home to Ann Arbor come uh, Sunday morning since uh, this is going to be a night game, which I'm not too thrilled about. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to get into that. So as we get ready to say goodbye, uh, Trevor, where can we find you on social media, my man? Follow me on Twitter at Woods Football and follow your work, our work on amazingbrew.com. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. You can also follow the Maze and Brew page at Maze and Brew. And we've got a lot of great shows coming up for you here this week. A lot of great articles on the site. It's going to be a big week. Hope you're going to be uh, enjoying all the content that's put out. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We love to hear from you, uh, as always, and we appreciate your support. So for Trevor Woods, I'm Luke Giardi, and we will see you next week on Brew. Brewcast.